Hello, everyone. This is Michael McNair, your host. Thank you for listening. Please, once you are done listening, go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store and leave a review, please. It helps other people find the podcast easier. You can share with your friends and family if you find any of this advice valuable. Leave me a comment or send me an email. Next week is Investor Week. So we will be speaking with investors about what they're looking for in a startup or in their business model. So stay tuned. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for another episode of Empower. Here we talk to entrepreneurs, social impact fellows, thought leaders, culinary specialists, technology gurus, investors, multimillionaires, activists, sustainability experts, and fashion pioneers. What we will do is we'll take a deep dive into their life and ask questions on how and why they do what they do. This week, we'll be covering sustainability, global and internationally, leaders that are taking on this role in their business and in their lives. In the beginning, like I always started out, I always like to start it out with some books, some things to start the mind off very, very well. Two of the books I have right now are Unshakable by Tony Robbins one of my personal favorites, and of course, another great one by Jim Collins, Good to Great. Now, for me, books put me in the mood to conquer the world, honestly. I mean, that is why I feel like um, I have the best mentors in the world, because I completely changed my life when I started to change the type of books that I I, I read and the ones that I listened to on audio. Um, I added a lot of different ones into my diet, and I say diet, just not in the things that I eat, but the things that I put in my mind, the things that I put in front of me that I'm reading and I'm really taking in throughout the day. So I started to completely change my life after I had powerful books that can give you powerful results. Um, Another health tip for today, which you know I always like to get into as well, hydrate your mind. Think about it when you wake up every day about how much water you intake. Is it adding value to you? Change your environment. Get out. Go outside and read a book. Don't just stay cooped up in your house. Get out of the office. Take a walk. Hydrate your mind. When you wake up, try to add early routines to your life, like five push-ups, five sit-ups. Help conquer the first battle of the day and then stick to it. Um, Also, when you are doing these things, don't think about anything. The less choices your mind has to make in the morning, the better you are later on in life when you're making other decisions throughout your day. You don't want to be groggy in the afternoon because you had to make a decision between what to wear or if you were going to shave today or not or something that happened that a text message that you got. So make sure in the morning, the, most, the less decisions that you have to make, the better. Plain and simple, better results. So, Today, we do have a special guest. Uh, he works at MIT Plasma Science Center. Uh, he's an acclaimed workout enthusiast and what I call a brainiac, which I, I love to call it. I've uh, followed his career for a while now. Love to catch up with him when he has time. He's a co-founder of Joro, an engineering graduate student studying renewable energy at MIT. Everybody, Julian Barber. Uh, so, I am not from this great country. I'm a Canadian, uh, and you can take that for what it is, but uh, I, uh, I studied uh, climate change as an undergrad, 
uh, and I got into the climate uh, through my parents and through uh, my, my advisors through my uh, early education in university. Uh, and I kind of start, I started down the path of renewable energy when I started getting interested in engineering. Um, so wow. you know, coming, you know, wanting to make my impact on the world, I, uh, I was really focused on like achieving, you know, the most I could in my field. And naturally that was going to MIT and tackling the problem at, at one of the best institutions for engineering in the world. And so I set that in, in my sights early on. And, um, you know, when I graduated, I had my application process out to go to my grad schools, and MIT was my top choice. And luckily enough, I was accepted, and um, I, you know, got the opportunity to move move down to Boston and and start my work here. Uh, and so, I, I I do my research in in nuclear fusion specifically, which is a, a unique type of renewable energy because uh, it's not you know it's not technically an energy that's on the grid yet. Um, but it is the holy grail of renewable energy. You know, it's wow. fusion is basically you take small atoms together and you smash them together, and when you combine these two small atoms, they form a slightly bigger atom and a whole bunch of energy. And um, if you can solve the technical and engineering challenges associated with fusion, you you do a lot of good. You you solve you solve the energy crisis, and by doing so, you solve a lot of the other world's problems like hunger and uh, you know. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's really the holy grail of renewable energy. But you know, there's a reason it's not accomplished yet because it's very challenging. So, uh, coming to MIT and working with some of these really bright minds in fusion has been a, a great experience. Um, but it's also gotten me really involved in, further involved in climate and sustainability, uh, which was where uh, Joro came in. So when I when I first got to school here, I I uh, was so inspired by all the minds that were around me that I started a I guess you could call it a think tank in clean tech and, and energy where we gathered graduate students and uh, interested mentors uh, in the clean tech space from business and architecture and engineering and math and from all these different uh, departments to that they were all, their common thread was that they were all interested in renewable energy and sustainability. Um, but they all had such a unique perspective on on the problem, you know, as, a, as an engineer, I think of things in terms of numbers and logic, whereas an architect thinks of things in terms of design and, and you know, the social impact and, and, and business people think in terms of financing and, and economics. And, uh, you know, every single one of these people all want to solve the same problem, but they all have such a unique perspective on it. So that powerful yeah. combination of such different perspectives and minds working on the same problem uh, was really interesting and, and really uh, took off. Like I uh, couldn't couldn't have guessed it would, and um, and so Joro kind of was the the child of that. I guess we we brought together some some pretty interesting minds from a bunch of different areas and uh, tried to tried to really dig into the root problem of climate change and what what were the issues that were causing this problem that we're facing. Um, so Joro was born out of that, and um, you know we we started. Uh, we, we started with a concept and an idea, and, and uh, you know started entering in some competitions and got some validation wow. from our community, and um, and yeah, we've just been moving on. Wow, that's 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 amazing. I mean, I know that um, I know that growing up, like you said, you said you grew up in, in in Canada. I mean, if and a lot of the stuff that you kind of like, it, to me, it's always interesting to see the background of an individual that kind of starts to bring things to light and to kind of really know what motivates like entrepreneurs like yourself young 
entrepreneurs like yourself to keep yourself going um, in that same direction. It's like you get bit by a bug and you just don't stop ever scratching it until you're satisfied. So it's like, you know, being from being where you were, I mean, do you say that a lot of your family had a lot of influence or was it something that you were surrounded with uh, a lot? Was it, I mean, like, because, I mean, to go to MIT, first thing is already extremely hard to get into. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about that process? Like, how was that kind of like, was it just like, oh, well, you know, I applied. I was really good at, I was, <laughs> it was really good. I was really good at school. I applied and I got in. Or was it like, I mean, I mean, for individuals that are listening, I mean, it's a, it's very tough. I mean, some people, you know, they dream of going to MIT. You know, it's it's a very tough and strenuous progress, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, uh, so my, for the first part of that question, my, I, the, the, my kind of upbringing definitely fostered the academic side of me, um, the, the inquisitive side, the, you know, want to solve big problems and, and actually make an impact in a, in a, in a way that will help people of the world and the world itself, um, less so on the entrepreneurial side. Um, but the process of applying to MIT was, yeah, was extremely, extremely challenging. It was, uh, you know, I, I committed to applying like three years or four years before the, and like started tailoring my resume and my work experience and making sure I was doing my research that I needed to do, making sure I was making the connections I needed to. Um, and then, you know, the, the application process itself was challenging and, you know, it was a, uh, you know, res- you had to yeah. resumes and cover letters and statements of objectives and, you know, standardized testing and, and uh, MIT is, is a, you know, I, I applied to a few schools and MIT definitely had, uh, was my, my number one. Um, but I don't know if there are people listening that, you know, are interested in applying, it's, it's not like other schools. It's not a pre- it's not a pedigree school like Harvard. It's not a money school. It's you know every, every in my department at least everyone gets funded. Um, you know you get they they don't. It's not like if you're rich you make it. If you're if your dad and your mom went here you make it. They're very you know they're just looking for the best of the best and <clears throat> and uh, they don't discriminate based off of you know I went to a little school in Winnipeg, Manitoba. <clears throat> that's uh, you know, you know, that's not a you know Ivy League school in the states. It's not a very well-known school. It's pretty small. Um, you know, but you know they don't really care about your background or they or you know where you went to or who you know. It's they mostly care about you know does this person have the potential uh, or do they see potential in you? And and so that was a a nice boost of confidence for me when I got accepted. And you know they start to tell us why we were chosen for the reason we were chosen. So that was great. And. and- uh, and that, and to me, that is that's huge, right? I mean, that's huge for the people that are listening. That's huge for me. And I mean, I, I, you know, the the reason why I even started this was because of the fact the individuals that I, that I talk to, are as interesting as the next individual. You know what I mean? So I would have never known that. I would have never known that you that you can apply from a small time school. I wouldn't know the back end to it. So I mean, the way that you explain that is the the way that you have it. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what background you come from. It doesn't matter if it's a small. So I know there's a lot of people that are going to be listening, thinking, "Oh, wow, I have to go to a big time school." Or MIT is so money. Like we have, you have all these schools that are so esoteric to everyone's minds that they think that there's no way of being able to get in. And I know for you that was huge, but you know the back end to it as well. Like you know what, I had to put in the time and the effort to do it, but you know it wasn't something that was 
a lot bigger than life. You know what I mean? It was it was great, but it's like and that's something that to me, you know, pays testament to where you are now and the things that you're doing now because the individuals I'm I'm guessing that they bring into MIT, they they build businesses, you know, they're forward thinking individuals like yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I I I I uh I hope that's why they did it. Um I guess there's still a bit of a mystery, you know, you always wonder like why me? I'm sure there's a lot of other great applicants. Um, you know, and to a degree I guess there's a there is a degree of luck associated, but once I uh <clears throat> once I did get here, what I was surprised to find was the um amazing culture around entrepreneurship. Uh and I really started to realize that MIT is, is really a beacon for entrepreneurship in in uh, wow. in a university setting and, and I like I my personality I just got sucked right into it immediately so I you know I just dove in and, and the resources available here to to pursue it are, are like numerous there are lots there's lots and um, you know and and this kind of this kind of was solidified actually where I first met you at the Forbes under 30 conference um, yeah and you know that experience with you know MIT is is a is, there's subsections of all these really intelligent, really bright people in, in the best of their field. Um, but sometimes, especially in the science fields, uh, you lack a certain degree, or there's a lack of um, kind of that entrepreneurial drive or that, that understanding of, you know, that people matter and networking matters and you need to, you know, people need to need people to succeed. There's oftentimes people get stuck in their research or, them, or their science yeah. get, and get in that groove. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people here that aren't like that too. There's a lot of people that are very entrepreneurial driven, but um, you know, it's uh, it's a whole another, um, I guess, skill set that you can have, and it it defines. It's like a you know, some people, you know, a, a big thing that I've started to realize is that like you know, the definition of what smart is is so arbitrary. Um, you know, there's yeah. people here that are intelligent and extremely bright, and like you know. Beyond beyond me, I could never compete in certain areas. But you know, there's you know, an entrepreneur, for example, has an intelligence unlike a lot of people here, and that doesn't make any either one smart or not smart. It's just mm. a whole another skill set. And uh, exactly, I really I really appreciate, it and I I like fell in love with immediately, and um, is really something that I'm trying to combine is like you know taking an academic approach to entrepreneurship and and really using a Using the skills that entrepreneurs have in, in networking and social engagement, and you know, using people to help you, um, you know, using the power of people, and and also you know, continuing my path down the academic route to make sure that I have the the knowledge and to back it up. Wow, yeah, that's powerful. That's really powerful. I mean, so um, all right, so I want to make sure I, you know, we we keep on hitting these points because I'm telling you, I can speak for hours. <laughs> we could speak for hours. Uh, but what is what is a couple of different things that you do in the morning? What are some maybe some tips or some habits for individuals that um, just I want to know kind of like your routine, how that's built, um, and anything else that you kind of do that's on the side that um, that you bring in from meditation to maybe just you know sitting by yourself or maybe you don't do any of that. Maybe you just wake up, put your stuff on, and leave. You know what I mean? Like what is it? What is uh what is some routines? That you do, I mean, that you that you bring. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And like, I I am absolutely one of those people that believe in in doing those types of routines to to 
help optimize your day and like op- optimize your life really. Um, so I'm I'm a big proponent of fitness um, to clear the mind. Like I don't I it might sound corny, but I don't think I'd be anywhere that I am if I didn't have the stress relief of physical activity. So you know, I'm mm. I'm quite a big fitness enthusiast. So I you know run, go to the gym. Um, to me, that's so key for me. Like, you know, math and engineering just might boggles my brain. But so by the time I'm done, done my day, it's been a long day. There's been lots happening, and my my head feels like it's like mush. And then I go to the gym, and all of it's gone, and I totally reset, and I can go back home and relax and unwind and and be ready for the next day. And before I really started doing that, I I started like accumulating like this snowball effect where I would go go do my work throughout the day and I would come home and my brain would be all mushy and foggy and then I would, you know, just go to bed and I would dream about all my stresses and I would just get more stressed out and then I'd wake up just as stressed out as I was when I went to bed and then I'd do my day again and wow. I'd get a little bit more stressed out and, you know, it just would pile on and pile on and, you know, it can get overwhelming and it can it can really lead to some negative, uh, you know, side effects and, you know, for me personally, gym and eating healthy and, and you know, really taking care of my body physically uh, is a big, uh, I, I, find, I think that it's a big portion of, of how I keep my brain mentally sharp. Um, and uh, I, think, I think I've seen a lot of benefits in, in some of my friends who've started it as well. Um, but in terms of like morning routines, I'm just like, I feel like I'm pretty classic, you know, wake up in the morning, I'm like, I could get, again, I'm really quite a healthy person, so I, you know, eat big breakfasts in the morning, front load my meal, you know, try to keep my body in as happy a shape as possible so that my brain doesn't turn into mush by the end of the day. <laughs> so you eat a nice big breakfast. Uh, do you work out in the morning? Are you like an early workout person? Are you like your uh, early, you're a night person? After, yeah, because it's, for me, it's like uh, I, I, I'm fresh in the morning. I eat my eat my breakfast, get up, get going. Got lots of energy. I I don't. I'm not like uh, I've been staying away from coffee since I was a kid because I've never wanted to have to rely on caffeine in the morning to wake up. Um, Got it. Never had a cup of coffee. Just like use food to energize myself in the morning, and then uh, you know do my day and um, use the gym in the evening to reset and and get you know. And then another another really big one for me too is I I never do work an hour before going to bed, uh, just because, you know, it's, there has to be some sort of shut-off time for, my, for me, because you know, mm-hmm. the brain's going all day, working, 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 and if I, you know, come home even after the gym and just start, I, I can work for a bit, but, you know, if, uh, if I keep working too close to, to the, you know, the bed mark, then it becomes, uh, you know, it becomes a carryover into the next day, and those, that stress doesn't get relieved in, that, in the day before. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm vivid when it comes to things of that nature sometimes. I mean, like, I might do that maybe once out of every two weeks or something. Like, I've gotten into a really, really good um, kind of deal when it comes to coding. So I, I code a lot now, like a lot. And, like, last night I was able to kind of – Get away. I gave myself a mark of like an hour, and then it just literally I was I was on my phone like code. I mean, from my phone to my computer, coding for like two and a half hours a turn, three hours a turn to, and I was like, oh my god, I just want to take my brain out of my skull. 
I feel you, man. I feel you. You know how it goes. So, I mean, it's, I know that it, there are routines, like you said, that you got to kind of have. I mean, I'm, I know that sometimes, you know, people break them. It gets, it does happen. We're all, we are human. Um, like I said, like I'm very vivid when it comes to routines, but sometimes I just, you know, and some, sometimes, you know, especially in this, in this day and age, you got to make sure you have routines. You got to make sure you stick to a plan. It's very true. Very true. So what is, uh, so Joro, if you can explain that a little bit more, I know you kind of said that it was uh, a lot of the people and the environment at MIT came together and it was like a little bit of a baby of, of everyone kind of from the entrepreneurs to the sustainability to, to global change. Can you just break down like maybe how that came across, maybe some of those conversations you had with other people? Uh, what was the premise of the idea and a little bit of the story behind the app? And yeah. why is it important for the future or now? All right. Yeah, so, uh, so Joro is basically a tool that, uh, you know, it's a platform that individuals and communities can use to measure and reduce uh, energy consumption and emission, um, and basically while strengthening their overall ecological awareness. Uh, so the core technology is a, a real-time emission tracking system that individuals use. Uh, that combines automated data collection, analytics, and user feedback via uh, smartphone, uh, smartphone, uh, smartphone software. So over the past few years, uh, a research group at the MIT Department of Urban Studies and Planning has been developing this uh, platform for monitoring individual daily activities via smartphone sensors and surveys through tracking travel, residential energy use, out-of-home activities, and purchases of goods and services and then estimating the direct and embodied energy, uh, which is the embodied carbon uh, use and emissions associated with each of those activities. Uh, so by formulating that standard for monitoring and measuring that holistic and overarching carbon footprint and how that changes over time, Joro offers actionable user feedback and engagement uh, to help users optimize their everyday energy decisions. Uh, Jura also facilitates uh, what's unique. One of the unique things is it facilitates this first-of-a-kind uh, microcarbon credit market, which is a platform that users can compete, trade, and engage with their friends and neighbors mm. and reports for climate-conscious actions, save money, and ultimately reduce their carbon emissions. So in, that's kind of like you know, how an individual can engage. It's basically a carbon footprinting tool for users that passively tracks your energy consumption. So an, a nice analogy is... If you are, you know, if you're familiar with Fitbit or the Apple Watch, you know, there's been this revolutionary revolution lately in personal health uh, through data tracking. You know, um, people are using steps and calories to help make decisions, better decisions about their physical health. So, if you make the analogy between a, a calorie and and your physical health and a kilogram of carbon and your ecological health, they're the same thing. So people consume calories and get you know, unhealthy, they become fatter or more obese. And, uh, you know, it's, it's to reduce your, or to become more healthy, you can reduce your calorie consumption. Uh, same with energy. So if you reduce your energy consumption and reduce your amount of CO2 you're emitting, you can become ecologically healthier. Um, so the concept of Joro is to really apply the, those concepts of, of data tracking and, and allowing people to bridge this good understanding that, like, you know, there's, there's carbon and energy in everything you do and every decision you make. And, um, you know, the th everything from the things you buy to the energy you use in your home to the, the way you move around your city or your town, it all contributes to global warming and to climate change and, you know, really getting people to understand that there is this 
this connection between you know the things that they do and the climate is is really the foundation for the for the concept. Um, and we think you know it was this was similar you know, like 10 or 15 years ago, very few people thought about the calories in their in their food, you know, because it wasn't really that important to them. It was, you know, they just ate what they wanted to eat, and they weren't really too worried about, um, you know, making sure they were getting enough steps or making sure they were exercising enough or watching what they're, they were eating. But then, you know, technology allowed us to start monitoring this stuff and allowing people to, to see how their daily decisions associated with the calories that they were, they were consuming and then allowed them to make, take steps to uh, change those decisions and provide them with education and engagement tools to help increase their physical health. So Jaro looks to do the same thing, but uh, for the climate. Um, so it, wow. we have, wow, we have uh, yeah. yeah, so we have, we have um, a few things trying to, we're trying to work it into also using it as a tool for smart cities. Um, so Jaro provides the tools for city governments um, to understand the behaviorally realistic patterns of energy demand and emissions. Uh, so the, 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 those types of tools help to demonstrate the progress towards carbon reduction targets at the neighborhood and city levels. Um, it helps to analyze the relationships among the diverse energy services of the cities. Uh, it, it integrates demand response across buildings and transport sectors. Um, it, wow. you know, it can be used to help plan for smart city infrastructure, and it can be used to assess the spread of like the sustainable actions with, of the citizens within local communities. So. It's, it's, we're really looking, it's, that's one of the applications we can see outside of just the individual user level where it can be used um, to start, you know, developing more efficient cities that you can use this tool to start tracking energy consumption at city levels to help, you know, help those city govern, governments um, reach their climate targets and understand the, the really diverse network of energy services that each of those cities have. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, and, and that could be, and like you said, it started off like the idea, and then you kind of could build it into a business background when it comes to being able to control like more like, you know, you got these smart cities like San Francisco or L.A. Uh, that are really getting there. And then you got New York as well, a lot of these major cities. I know Boston as well is also getting up there. And, and you think about where we, back, like you said, 10, 15 years ago when people weren't thinking about the calories, right? And also, we were just throwing our trash in regular trash cans, and now we have, what, those big belly smart smart uh, machines that tell you when it gets full, like the recycling now. like it's So a lot of the things that you said is everything now is controlled, like, and that's extremely interesting. It's, it's unbelievable how you guys kind of put that together. And so what is maybe I – don't, I don't know if this is – I don't know if you guys had this ready yet or if you are if it's still in the works. Do you have, like, maybe uh, what's the business side to that? Is it – are you giving it away for free? Is it just an app or is it a, a back-end that you guys provide? Is it uh, a portal that individuals log into? I mean, what's, what's, kind of, what, what's the, the steps in that? Yeah, so the, the current model is uh, a freemium-based app service. Uh, so the idea is to engage with as many people as possible in order to reach real critical scales um, because the, the benefits of the app scale exponentially with the user base, right? So um, the idea now yep. is to you know, offer the service for free for as many people who want it, um, and then have a subscription-based model uh, that people can use to uh, take steps towards becoming carbon neutral. So if there are, you know, the subset of the population that are really engaged with the climate and really care about this issue and have, you know, 
it, it's actually shocking how little money you actually need to offset your, your energy emissions. Um, but, you know, that are willing to do something more than just track, uh, you know, because that journal will be tracking your energy consumption, you know, you'll be, you'll be able to understand what your footprint is every month and, uh, or every day. And you, the, if for, for a subscription price, you'll be able to offset that, that, uh, carbon, those carbon emissions to become carbon neutral. So, um, for those subscribers, they'll get access to a premium version of the app, um, increased tracking performance, uh, and then options to, you know, uh, become carbon neutral and uh, offset their monthly uh, carbon budget. Wow. Okay, so they can kind of like, and is this more of a, a B2C play or a B2B? I mean, yeah. are so you guys the, going after everybody now? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, so the B2, you, you have an end, your, your, your customer is, can vary. It, like it's an app designed to be used by individuals. Um, but what you need to do is you okay. need to, you need to create scale and uh, you need to create a, a large user base as fast as possible. And um, the, real, the real monetary value in, in Jira really comes from uh, inferring trends from the data that we collect. Uh, so once we reach scale, it really opens up the doors to what we can do because for the first time ever, we have this incredible database of in, like, hyper-granular uh, energy consumption data on an individual level, which is like a really, a really interesting data set because you can start to understand, you know, purchasing trends, um, transportation trends, energy consumption trends. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a data set. Like, obviously, we're not going to be selling data, uh, individual data for privacy concerns, but um, scrubbing pe like personal identifiers from the data and then aggregating it and and uh, you know selling. You know, monetizing the the trends that are are coming from the data. That that's the real that's the real monetary value in the in the business plan. Um, but that requires scale. And uh, so to get to scale, we we need to start engaging with customers um, that can engage us with a large portion of the population at once, instead of having to uh, you know rely on word of mouth spread or viral spread of the app amongst people individually. So. That's part of the reason we've we've been targeting cities uh, as well because it's a it's a you know we uh, part of the business model is a corporate subscription or a business or an enterprise subscription where where um, a larger entity can purchase a larger subscription for their uh, you know constituents be it a company like say you know Google's going uh, carbon free. Uh, you know they want to be carbon neutral, and uh, you know, but their their employees, for example, fly across the country constantly in airplanes, and you know they're constantly burning fuel. Um, so it could be used. Joro could be used as, in that scenario to you know Google might have an interest in buying that a corporate subscription for their employees to allow them to track their carbon emissions, and you know maybe provide them if they're doing well, they can provide them you know with incentives to to reduce those those uh, one-off big carbon emissions like transportation costs that are big or, you know, create little, create um, interdepartmental or inter, uh, create competitions amongst the employees for reward structures to, in order to increase their companies, uh, see it like corporate, corporate social responsibility, uh, you know, just take more steps to, to becoming more sustainable as a corporation outside of just, you know, the building's energy use, making sure that their, their employees are also, um, living up to the standards that their corporation is trying to do.
Wow, that's amazing. And so, so you guys have. I mean, I know to some people it could sound uh, pretty, you know, confusing. Or I mean, you the way you break it down is so simple. Um, I just want to say, hey, look, I pick up an iPhone. I mean, is it in is it in the App Store yet? Or no, 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 no. It's no. Uh, it's still in development. Yeah. So, Julian, is it already in the App Store? No, sorry, no. It's um, it's still in development. Okay, okay. So it's it, all right. So, but it's the premise is, uh, I want I want to track. Okay, yeah. So all right. So so it's going to be as simple as picking it up, downloading the app. Um, and then you can kind of see the trends and what you're doing throughout your day and throughout your week, et cetera, on your phone. Yeah. So it links and it's going to be collecting that data. Already uses. So, you know, in, inherent to your phone is a GPS and accelerometer. Correct. Uh, and it uses that to track your transportation modes and your transportation distance to infer your, your energy consumed through transportation. Uh, it, okay. It connects then to your your online banking app to okay. uh, to monitor or to to estimate the carbon that you consume through the purchases that you make, um, and then for people who live you know for for residential tra- or for residential energy consumption, uh, looking, linking up to those those utility to track the energy they use in the home. Uh, to give a holistic sense, and you know, there's a, like, people can use the degree to what they want. There may be people who can't use um, the energy consumption for the home because maybe they live in a, a graduate residence or something on school, and, and they don't have access to their meter. But so they can still use the transportation uh, features and the spending features. Or maybe someone isn't comfortable linking their uh, spending because they want to. You know they're really privacy oriented and want to make sure that their spending isn't, you know, being outside of their control. And so they can just use the transportation or the energy side for residential. Um, so ideally, uh, like for myself, I would be interested in a, a holistic level. So I would I would be um, using all three. But you know we do realize that not everyone will want to. You know there will be concerns or, or extenuating circumstances that don't let everyone do all three of them at the same time. So. You know, that's why we offer uh, a nice range for people to to engage with. Well, that's cool. That is cool. And I mean, I know uh, we get we're going to get a few different investor companies on here. I mean, have you guys already gotten investments? I know you said that you guys have won some awards. I've seen already. I've seen a couple of things that you guys won. If you want to, can you speak a little bit about that? And I mean, have you guys got any other outside investments? There's, there's jobs floor and clean energy especially you know it's a it's a booming market and we yeah I, I think there's 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 it's the little things I guess the it's engaging with with the climate with the world that you're living in with the energy you're using and and just taking you know taking it as like understanding that energy like is a resource it's no different than food or it's no different than than anything else it's uh and it does have negative effects so um I yeah, I, I would encourage absolutely everyone to get involved in the space. I think it's going to be, especially in the next like 10 to 20 years, it'll be one of the largest growing economies or sectors of, in, of the economy. 
and uh, there's going to be a ton of opportunity for people to make their mark, and really, even if you're wanting to just purely make money or just wanting to make your mark socially, you know, there's going to be opportunity, to go, opportunity galore in the coming years. So uh, I'm really excited about the space I'm in because I, I can see this opportunity and I see the, the passion about every, with everyone that I work with, and um, you know, it's it's an exciting area to be in. So I would, if if you're interested in it, go. If you're already in it, great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would encourage everyone. Wow, wow! I really, I really thank you so much. I mean, I know it's a huge topic of conversation um, from global climate change to what's going on in the economy now. I mean, the things that are being said in the media, of course. I mean, I don't watch TV, which I kind of, I know, I, I keep my ear to the ground with everything going on, but I don't, you know, a lot of, you know, from news and all that other stuff. I kind of just try to stay focused on in my sector. My sector is already big. <laughs> it's already a huge factor in my sector. So I I do, um, I mean, I'm extremely interested in this sector and, and what we're doing, but I'm, I'm not I'm not nearly as passionate about it as you are. Like, I'm past everyday life, but I mean, the way that you kind of brought it into your business, you brought it into your, your focal point, it's really amazing. And I mean, and I and I get it. And I understand exactly how that feels to be, you know, not going for something that's right now, which is, it is going on right now, but to really look at and to see it 10, 15, 20 years down the line is a testament to where your view, where your views and where you see it, where you see life. And I think that's what it has to start with. You have to start with, you have to understand the passion of what you have going on. And then you have to be able to see into the future and really kind of build that build whatever you're doing for that time. And not necessarily not be for now, but it's for something down the line. Um, and, I mean, what are, you know, in uh, finishing up this question, finishing up, what, what are some apps that you might have downloaded and practices at your home and life that you do, eat, maybe uh, to bring your life a little bit easier? Because, I mean, from a lot of, the, and I know how hard it's, I know how hard work it is sometimes just, you know, you do a lot with your mind, okay, so you work out. Um, what are some of the things that you do, maybe some apps or things that you download to kind of keep yourself, um, you know, level-headed when it comes to some of these things? Like, I don't know, uh, do, you, do you write? Do you, do you download different games? I mean, what do you do in a premise of things that maybe you download and you kind of, kind of brought into your life? Yeah, so honestly... <laughs> Like since I've since I've gotten MIT, actually, there's I've really started to appreciate the the intensity of how much effort it takes to to excel, and um, I've really really committed to it, and I, it's it's been something I'm working hard on, and just in the sheer time of the day, like I I feel like I used to have a lot more of those things around that I would use to you know help help you work through my life, but especially with like the startup and and, and class, like school and and all the all the committees and organizations I'm trying to be a part of, it's uh, the, the best thing I've been able to do for myself personally is find time to get to the gym and eat healthy, and that's literally it. Wow. Like, you know, anything Good. else doesn't have time. Like like you say, TV is kind of obsolete now. Uh, you know, like I try to listen to podcasts, to stay up to date and on information. Um, but you know, it's you know with the with the time crunch, I've I found it pretty hard to like. Stick it up with uh, with some like lifestyle things, which is which is like you know it's kind of bad because you know I should I should be focusing on you know it's great to have some lifestyle 
uh, in your in your life, but you, uh, I'm really focusing. You know, my big focus in these in these few or this year and the next couple will be uh, definitely head down and just work, 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 work. And you know, for me, I, I find enough. I think investments, angel investments, venture capital. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we won our first competition. We won was the MIT Clean Energy Prize. Which was great. It was uh, an award sponsored by GE Ventures, uh, and that was like our big, big funding award where we got the money to to get us off the ground. And then um, there was another competition through MIT called MIT Ideas Global Challenge, which is a, a social entrepreneur challenge, which really focuses on like the net benefit that some of these startups have. And uh, we won the Dow Sustainability Award for that, which gave us some additional funding. Um, we won the Harvard Development Challenge, which was a software competition uh, for you know, apps, basically. And uh, we were just recently, actually a couple days ago, accepted into the Buckminster Fuller Cat- Catalyst Program, uh, which is a uh, Buckminster Fuller Institute is a, a kind of like a sustainability and design uh, corp- corporation that you know focuses on uh, green, like climate. And- impact and uh, you know that that program will, will provide us with a lot of benefits moving forward um, and we're right now we're in a wow. clean tech open accelerator program uh, which is a which wow. is the biggest and oldest um, clean t- or clean tech incubator uh, in the US I think right now and uh, it's been great we've wow been great. wow uh, and so in the fall we're, we're planning to we're going to be hopefully in the the Harvard Venture Incubation Program, uh, which will provide us with some more incubation through the Harvard iLab, and uh, and then we'll be running through our pilot program in the fall uh, with our our initial MVP and prototype, and uh, and you know so and then just making connections as we go. We're being very careful with our our investment strategy right now um, because we really want to focus on the social impact of what we're doing and uh, making sure mm. we align ourselves with investors who. Uh, have the similar interests to us is, is our key goal. So right now we're mostly focusing on, on, on our grant money that we're getting um, in order to let us have the freedom to operate in the space and making sure we develop the concept in the way that we want. Um, but as we move forward, wow. yeah, we'll, be, we'll be looking for uh, investment. But again, keeping in mind that we want to make sure that the, invest, the people who we're, we're partnering with have similar values as we do and aren't just in it for the data or, you know, in it for the, you know, in, in it for any sort of monetary reason, but we want to make sure that there is social and environmental impact coming out of what we do. Well, so you're looking for, I mean, you're looking for investors that have, are more socially impactful, conscious of what their company yeah. brings. And I think as well, I think that a lot of people kind of just feel like, and, I, and a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this channel. They listen to this podcast. I mean, I get, I'm in that space, you're in that space, you know, and whatever, whatever space that you're in, you kind of played in for, I've been in this, I've been in the entrepreneur space now for about eight years. And you, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to, to what everyone else is doing so that they can pick anything possible, maybe something that they haven't done that they can do better. And I think sometimes a lot of individuals don't understand that, if you have a socially impact-driven um, idea and you're, you're building a prototype built on that, you know, go to the right investors, right? Have the right investors that, that want to invest in things of that nature and then go after them. I think some people are just like, I'll take any money. I don't care what it is. And then they just take anything they want. But I think it's more driven towards, hey, 
are these investors aligned with the dream? Are they aligned with the goal? Um, and that kind of leads me to my next question. What is some advice for people that want to build an app or want to go towards something that's either socially um, impactful? And so, a lot of people say, hey, look, you know, we want to go down this route, but we don't know if it's going to bring any money. And then you have investors like, hey, we don't want to get involved with this because we don't know how we're going to get our ROI. So what is some advice for some people that, hey, you know what, they got an idea, right? They have some connections a little bit, right? They don't have that much money, but they have an idea and it's socially impact driven. What is some steps that they can take into maybe driving that goal home a little bit? Yeah, well, that's a great question because, you know, even I, I, I struggle with that question myself sometimes because, you know, it is, you're, as a social business, it is, um, you know, that is our priority first. And so, yes, first and foremost, having the, having the drive, like I, I derive value out of this because of the social impact, um, not as much through monetary uh, gains. Um, so that, that, you know, having that, having that being your core driver helps a lot <laughs> because you're, you know, you're much more in it for the, in it for the impact and, you know, people who are passionate and motivated, I feel have a much better chance of succeeding than, you know, if they're truly passionate and have a, a strong, a strong um, belief in what they're doing. I think that's a huge help and especially when you're doing a startup when everything is self-driven. Um, but in terms of like, you know, finding funding or, or getting your feet wet or getting off the ground, if you're in Massachusetts, especially, I, I can't speak for the rest of the country because I'm not, I haven't had experience there, but um, the amount of support and opportunities that there are here to help socially driven entrepreneurs is pretty insane. Like there's, you know, there's, there's incubators <laughs> and accelerator programs and networking opportunities and like, if you if you can if you have the drive to get out there and, and start networking and you can really you know there's a lot of there's a lot of support here for for people to to pursue this and you know we've we've been a lucky recipient of a lot of it um, but you know I, I would I would just you know do some research into the programs that are around in your area and and uh, you know, mm. there will be would support. you recommend any programs that people would go to. Yeah. 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 Well, Would I you can, recommend yeah. any type of programs, maybe startup programs in the area? Yeah. Well, like Greentown Labs, for example, is a is a great is a great uh, great resource. Um, like um, maybe bringing it out if there's any type of yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So like Greentown Labs, Math okay. Challenge, um, uh, you know, the the accelerator we're in right now is one of many, but it's the Clean Tech Open Northeast Challenge, and I'm pretty sure it's national, which means that there's like a Northeast, Northwest, you know, South, Midwest type thing. It's a national competition. Um, it's been awesome. It's it's a great like it pretty much runs. Or you said uh, Greentown Labs is a good one. Uh, we'll put that link. We'll put that link. Yeah, and then you know, there's there's uh, you know competitions galore. The MIT especially has a lot. Wow. Open. Wow. Open. And we'll make sure we put those. Uh, I'll get the information on those, and we can put those in the description. So maybe individuals that are listening and they're socially impact driven we can put those in 
Yeah. And they open them up. They open them up to every. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. and that's looking to individuals. Yeah, yeah, and there are, there are so I mean through schools see, through like what are yes yeah, so, I mean so what are your views on whole uh, are we heading in a good direction and what yeah I can't hear you me now yeah I I couldn't hear you Julian go ahead yeah sorry I missed the question. I said, oh, I said, what are some of your views on global change, on the economy, like uh, more of a stance, like, and, and what, are we heading in a good direction, and what can people do to help the cause? What can you do to help, anyone do to help the cause? Yeah, 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 I have, like, I, I have a lot of feelings on that question. Um, you know, I personally view the direction that... <laughs> so, like, so let's hear it. <laughs> is, is not not correct and I'm personally deriving a lot of inspiration from what's going on in, in at the federal level. Uh, so, you know, in terms of climate and sustainability and climate change and energy, there's a lot of uh, negative things happening in the U.S. right now. Um, but, but for me, I'm using that as a, as a great, that's for me, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to improve and commit my talents or my skills to help solve a problem. And so I'm really being driven by that right now and it's really like climate change and, and the issue the energy issue that we're having right now is is really you know it's the biggest challenge and opportunity that we're going to have this generation you know you're you have this is this is a big problem and it's uh one that's going to require like a lot of skill and a lot of really bold people to take a stand and and you know go after their go after what they think is right and what they they want to do to help the planet and uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity for it. Um, I think if people are interested in in getting involved, they should <laughs> at every level. You know, like the gym and and uh, living like a balanced social life and and eating healthy is is kind of how I stay sane. Um, and outside of that, there's not a whole lot that I do. <laughs> so, but you find a balance between your friends and yeah, your family. Right. I mean, so yeah. okay, so you you do have that social that social status, because I know that if you don't have that, you'd probably go crazy by now. Okay. I know how that feels. I, I know, I know exactly how that feels. And I've kind of, I've taken myself out of uh, a lot of my uh, friends. I try to keep myself as far away when I'm, when I'm focusing on, on, on what has to be done and it could, it could weigh a toll on you. You know what I mean? And I know it does. And, and I'm, and I'm glad and happy that you kind of, you keep that in your life because I feel like that's so important not even necessarily the family aspect. Yeah, family's cool, but you got to have, you know, one or two cool friends or three friends that you can just go to the beach, you know, talk to on the phone, grab a beer, grab coffee, whatever, and kind of just talk about nothing but other things that don't have anything to do with anything. So I, I, that's good. I mean, it's, it's good that you kind of at least are able to do that. I know, um, I know it can get tough. Trust me. I, I, I understand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it can be tough sometimes, and you know, it's good. It's absolutely essential to make sure you. I, I went for coffee with a, or it's not coffee, sorry, ice cream um, with a, someone the other day, and we sat down and we just started talking about life, and we both realized like we hadn't just sat down and just talked about nothing, like not nothing, but like talked about like social things, not work or or this yeah. or that or something like of importance, quotation marks. But wow, 
Wow. Okay, quick. Okay, last question. Quick round of questions. We always do this at the end. Um, it's going to be three questions. You can answer them the way you need to, the way you want to. First thing is one thing that needs to be completed by the end of this year, so by the end of 12-31-17, what is one thing that needs to be completed? For me? For you in your life, yep. By the end of this year? Correct. I would like to have uh, the drove up and on the App Store. Boom. Okay. Uh, let's hear two things that you want to give to listeners. I mean, it could be inspiration. It could be um, access to something. I mean, it, what, a quote, whatever you want it. So two things that you would give the listeners that are listening. In terms of aspiration? Aspiration, innovation, ideas, maybe bringing something to market or a quote, anything at all. Just two things that you want to give to them. Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I actually, one of the things that I found really useful, which sounds kind of strange, is uh, on my social media, I've started following um, inspirational uh, uh, like accounts. And, you know, some of them are kind of crappy, but some of them actually do resonate with you and, and make you uh, and give you like a, you know, they, they remind you about what the grind is for, you know, why you're working as hard as you're working. Um, and, you know, it's, it's good to know that there's other people out there that are, are going through the same thing that you are. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure to put your uh, your um, Instagram. I don't know if Joro has an Instagram as well. If you want to, you can say your Instagram name now, spell it out so that people can find you, um, and they can kind of follow what you're doing as well. Um, you can say it now, and then what I'll do is I'll just put it in the description so that everybody knows where it is. Yeah, sure. Like my mine personally is is just Julian. My first name J U L I E N dot Barber B A R B E R. Um, yeah, and I you know Joro's I Joro's fairly intertwined with my my personal account because we're kind of one and the same now. <laughs> uh, how your business just takes over your personal life. How lovely is it? <laughs> and <laughs> um, and the last one is three words to best describe yourself. No, it's like so cliche, but I think it's clear cut. It's down to the best describe yourself. Three words to best describe myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, motivated. Um, impact driven. And oh, what's the third one? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, socially driven as well. Like I, I find you know I'm I'm definitely motivated and to make an impact that's that's my big one and uh but yet i couldn't do it if i was just by myself i i definitely need other people around to help me out that's good that's great that's so great i really appreciate it thank you so much i mean it's always it's always uh it's always very interesting very very tough but always you know you keep me up to date i really appreciate you getting on today and kind of just explaining what
Sorry, you, you chopped up there by the end, but yeah, I totally agree, man. I, it's great catching up with you as well. What, do you have a date of when it's dropping? You know when it's uh, coming or an idea, maybe a yeah, month? Well, at the I, end, maybe we, by the we, end of this year. We'd, we'd be shooting for like the spring, this spring, or early, early, early uh, New Year. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Joro. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so it's going to be so you're looking at uh, spring or the New year, January. Yeah, January. Hopefully, like like I said, hopefully before that. That's then, great. But, you know, so I got to make sure everyone's on the lookout for Joro to come out in the App Store. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Apple and on. Uh,